listening to Astro Detectives, where longtime friends Scott and Sarah try to debunk or prove the ancient phenomenon of astrology. I'm Sarah Hartshorn, the astrologer. And I'm Scott Randall, the skeptic. Each episode, I'll give Sarah two birth charts, one belonging to our guest and one that I made up. She'll use astrology to try to match the right chart to our guest. A birth chart is a snapshot of the sky when a person is born. It reveals an incredible amount of information about a person. Enough to match a person to the right chart? We'll see. Hi, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Astro Detectives, where we are testing astrology and whether the stars can tell the difference between two people. Or as Sarah, my co-host and astrologer, would say, testing her abilities. Yeah, we're testing... I mean, if astrology is real, then we're testing my ability as an astrologer. I mean, that's just a fact. Right. And if if astrology is not real... We're testing, We're testing astrology. nothing. <laughs> I mean, gravity is real, and you can test gravity. There's things you can test that are uh-huh. real. Yeah. But yes, it is. if it is real, it is a test of astrology itself and of your ability <laughs> to interpret astrology. And I okay. fully appreciate that. <laughs> Great. We're on the same page. This is yeah. good. Yeah, okay. <laughs> Everybody out there on the same page with us? I hope so. I have a feeling that we have more pro-astrology people in our audience. But I do know that we have more. We do have at least one or two skeptics. So there you go. Oh, good. Show yourselves. (laughs) (laughs) Sometimes I'm a little outnumbered on this podcast. But you know what? I'm up for the challenge. Okay. Uh, Today we have another wonderful guest and we will be using two charts to establish whether or not astrology is real or completely bogus or a figment of our imagination. I'm <laughs> kidding. If you guys want to support us, we're at patreon.com slash astrodetectivespodcast. Um, if you want to be on the show, email us at astrodetectives at gmail.com. And um, Sarah, did you want to briefly, and we can get into this later in the show, but where are you at with the NBA finals? We had a little special episode come out on a Thursday, surprised all of our listeners. Um, and I, I'm sure you want to talk about that. Well, yeah, I want to gloat a little bit because <laughs> we had four teams in the finals, right? The, Is that what it's called? Playoffs? In the conference finals or the, okay. we would say the semifinals overall. And I, knowing nothing about basketball, picked the two finalists. Now, I will say that when we recorded this, the Miami Heat were up three to zero on the Celtics, and the Denver yes. Nuggets were up three to nothing on the Lakers. Okay, so, but I so did I, give you so, no, no, no. So I, I made you. the exact same prediction. <laughs> I was like, yes, I agree with you a hundred percent that these will be the two teams in the finals. But I, you asked for my okay. That's when the when we recorded the episode. But I had already given you my stats prior to them playing any games. Was I it emailed they... it to you. I have it in an email. I have all right, a all right. We'll, we'll check. We'll check the <laughs> the email date. But I feel like games had been played, and w- both of these two teams that are currently in the finals 
were looking like solid favorites to go to the finals. Okay, well, I um, let me just say, I knew nothing. I knew nothing. Uh, and I, I believe you, but I'm afraid our audience doesn't. So well, I'm, no. well, I'm going to need to check the receipts on their behalf. We'll pull the receipts later. Great. And I'll tell you, Boston tried to uh, prove you wrong because they won three games in a row and it ended up going to a dramatic game seven where the Heat barely made it into the finals. And you have picked the Heat to win the whole shebang, and Jimmy, Jimmy Butler will be your MVP. I, you know, I have to pick someone, and that's who I'm going with. I just want to remind everyone, I don't have time charts for these people. And so when you don't know when, what time someone's born, you're missing a lot of information. So just based on what I can see, I would say things are looking really good for Jimmy Butler. But so... So if that comes to pass, it proves astrology's real. If it doesn't, it's because we didn't have their timestamps and Sarah didn't, oh, is not it, a master enough of astrology. If it proves astrology's real, then we could just call this whole thing off. <laughs> 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 Pack up. Yep. All right. Well, everybody at this point knows the format of the show. Sarah, you've got two birth charts in front of you. One of them matches our guest. One of them's randomized. Who are the two personalities that you broke them into? Well, first, let's just say I'm not I'm, I'm never too thrilled when I get two charts with the same sun sign because <laughs> mm-hmm. it always makes things for me more complicated. But I so I've spent a lot of time on these. Um, but I will say so the two um, charts both have. A sun in Capricorn again. So this is similar to our, I think, our episode seven or eight with Encore. I think Encore um, was seven, yeah. Okay, so we've got another Capricorn sun. And um, Scott, do you remember anything about Capricorn suns? They're good at business. <laughs> oh, good job. Yes, that is one key word for Capricorns. Well, yeah. that's because I'm at a uh, cusp, so I was always told... When I was thought to be a Capricorn, that I was good at business. And then later on, people were like, no, never mind. You're actually an Aquarius. Well, cusps aren't a thing, but you do so then have... I, I dropped out of business school, and I joined an <laughs> artsy-fartsy film school and where I met Sarah. It, well, we did take a business class together. That but... too. You know what? That was being that was me being on the cusp. <laughs> the cusp is not a thing, but you do have planets in Capricorn. So, you know... As what happens a lot of time when people are born close to a, you know, quote unquote cusp. Um, But anyway, so, all right, back to our two charts here. Um, Yes, both Capricorn. Capricorns are very usually the archetype of Capricorn is associated with um, being very responsible, very disciplined, very determined. Um, They are often in positions of authority. It's associated with government and business um, and things of that nature. So that is a little bit about Capricorn. And um, But I, I've tried my best to come up with two different characters here. Um, so we have, <laughs> and, and in case anyone doesn't know, Capricorn, they're, um, they're, their mascot <laughs> is a seagoat. So. Okay, I had a question when I saw <laughs> yeah. this personality name. Yeah, so we have the serious seagoat and we have the compassionate Capricorn. <laughs> now, on the naming, <laughs> okay. if I could just 
this <laughs> I sometimes when you take a big shot, you nail it with the naming, like guessing someone's career or something, you know, uh-huh. and I'm going to go all the way back to episode two for that with the uh, the tech savvy D&D fan. Yeah, that was one of my best hits. Now, he, this is playing it pretty safe of the serious sea goat and the compassionate Capricorn. Well, if you exaggerate those qualities, that's yeah. what I'm saying, that that is going to come across. Yeah. Um, I I also could have gone, I almost did the creative Capricorn. But, the, but if it was like the creative musician or the creative basketball player or you know something like that then if if our guest turned out to be a basketball or football or you know some sort of sports you'd be like whoa nailed that one true well last time i did something along those lines i forget uh what i said but i kind of threw like a like a name like um the teacher or something out there and i don't know i just feel like sometimes that can be misleading because i am kind of taking a shot in the dark when there could be like five or six different careers that this energy could manifest into. Um, so I, I do try to make them more, um, specific or, uh, you know, spend a little bit more time on them, but it, it, this was, it's definitely challenging when you've got two sun signs in the, in the, or two suns in the same sign. But, um, but, the point is that the serious seagoat, that was a trait that I saw over and over in their chart, that they're going to be very serious, very logical, analytical, practical, even like their upbringing has a lot of, um, you know, signatures of just very structured, responsible chores, things like that. Um, so I feel like this person would even take like their hobbies or their passions very seriously. So that that's what I was, that was the energy I was getting from that chart. Whereas the compassionate Capricorn, I was getting more of a really gentle, very dreamy, um, you know, um, person just dedicated to helping other people. Um, and just grew up in a very nurturing environment. So just a very different, I felt like, I don't feel like either grew up in a bad environment, but maybe just very different, you know, one being very structured, one being very more creative and dreamy and nurturing. And that's a reminder for listeners to check the notes, the case files on the website, where there is a survey that our guest filled out ahead of time, where they did rate their childhood as being a 10 out of 10 would do yes. it again. Would highly recommend. <laughs> so I was definitely looking for that, um, you know, in the chart, which kind of had me leaning towards the compassionate Capricorn, unless I'm missing something. But, um, you know, but yes, um, if you want to check the case files, you'll get both charts, you'll get my analysis, and you'll get the guest survey, which we may be referencing and um I don't know. Should I reveal based on the guest survey what I think it is or? Um, sure. That's interesting information. And nobody, this is not attached to a chart yet. So audience, you don't know which chart Sarah feels like is the serious seagoat or the compassionate Capricorn. 
Neither right. do I. I know the correct chart. I know whether it's chart A or B, but I do not know which one of those matches these personalities. So, Sarah, which personality are you leaning towards? Not well, having even met our guest. This is called <laughs> reading a... Wait. Reading the book by the cover, judging the guest by their survey. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, it, you know, it wasn't as definitive as the last few have been. I feel like the last few I came away like, oh, like my money is on this for sure. Um, but with this one, it, it was a little bit harder um, to distinguish, but I felt maybe like a 60% confident that it was going to be the compassionate Capricorn that we're going to meet. Well, that being said, can you tell us a little bit about them? I know the Sirius Seagoat is serious and structured (laughs) and all of that. And I've got a picture in my mind of a very serious Seagoat. Okay. So tell me about a compassionate Capricorn. Yeah. Some of the things that I saw in the compassionate Capricorn's chart is that they would be someone who really loves people and loves helping people. And that may be part of their job. They may even work in the medical field or taking care of people in some way, um, or people that are hurt. Um, they are, um, yeah, just a, someone who has a strong imagination and maybe a daydreamer and, um, You know, on the survey, they said some of their hobbies were like cooking and collecting records and things like that. So um, those kind of fit well with the compassionate Capricorn. So that's kind of the where I'm following, I think, right at this point. But we'll see when we interview them. All right. We'll still have to stick around for the interview because you're not quite sure. Yeah, exactly. One of these episodes, when Sarah reaches master status, master astrologer status, she's just going to look at the survey and we won't even have to have the guest on. Honestly, the last few, I felt like I could have called it, but I was, I don't want to, I don't want to be too risky and impulsive yet, you know, but (laughs) I will say since we've been doing the survey, I feel like those have always tipped me off except for Laura, who it did tip me off and when I chose based on the survey, I was right, but I got misled at the end because I wasn't staying organized, but I'm telling you like that survey is really, really helpful. And I, yeah, I definitely encourage everybody to go check it out on our website. I'm glad maybe the survey questions are giving away too much. You know, we should really (laughs) take off the question that says, what's your birthday? Because that's (laughs) tipping Sarah way totally off. (laughs) Yeah, just kidding. So before you get too confident, and since our guest is not yet in the waiting room, let's review the record and where we're standing right now. Oh, gosh. You just, you don't, you don't like seeing me too happy and confident. You're like, let's remind you of your stats. Well, no, well, let me, let me, uh, we'll, we'll do a call out to one of our listeners. Uh, Actually, our first guest, Carl, says he's Team Sarah right now. Hell yeah. Thanks, Carl. Yeah. High five to Carl out there. Um, My immediate reaction was, okay, we've been doing the show for 11 weeks. I guessed that we would be at 50-50. Sarah said it's going to be at least 80%. We're just a tad below 50-50. And 
we have a listener who is convinced that astrology is real from the podcast. And I'm like, what? I mean, everybody gets their own opinions. I, but I was a bit thrown by the testing, (laughs) returning the, the, the answer that I thought it would be yet. We're having a listener, maybe more reach out to us and tell us, uh, convinced the other way. Well, I mean, their experience with astrology is bigger than just this podcast, perhaps, you know, he may, you know, I, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe, maybe, maybe just people just really like what Sarah has to say. <laughs> well, that's the thing is that I think, I think astrology is a narrative. It's a storytelling and it's the way that you tell the story that is very convincing. So, and that's another way if, if we're just going to lead into a compliment, Sarah, <laughs> I believe you were weaving a good narrative and despite <laughs> The results saying it's pretty close to 50-50. If you get today's right, we will be at 50-50. I believe you are five wins, six losses. But uh-huh. the narrative sounds very convincing. You know, mm-hmm. like each time there's a reason why it's not right. Or it's like the ones that are right, well, obviously they're right because astrology's right. And if I'm listening, I, I might say, yeah, that sounds overall like astrology's real. Right, but remember, the ones that I got wrong, I was almost never confident. I was confused and not confident. So I'm just saying, we're we're still pretty early in our episode, so just give me time and listen. I don't want to... I think maybe we should take a commercial break because I I am feeling a little, I'm starting to feel a little nervous (laughs) and I might need to breathe in a paper bag for a second. So (laughs) this could be an ideal time to cut to a commercial. All right, everybody. When we come back, um, we will both have our bags put away (laughs) and um, the heated discussion saved for the next revealed podcast And our guest will be joining us. Look forward to that after hearing from all of these sponsors who are supporting this this broadcast that you that you love. And we're back. Welcome back, everybody. Um, We're all feeling nice and relaxed. We're gonna have a super chill rest of the episode. Um, Sarah, you good? Oh yeah, just all right. I'm feeling good. Yeah, we just pounded a bunch of vodka, so we're good. No. <laughs> I thought um, you were going to yes and to me there, but okay, oh, you're whatever. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yes, we did, and that's probably not going to make things more relaxed. <laughs> um, all right, we are guests in the waiting room. Without waiting any longer, let's see if we've got a serious seagoat in the waiting room or a compassionate Capricorn. Either one of them is just going to come galloping in here. <laughs> By the way, they don't gallop. They could have pulled themselves because, you know, the back half is a fish. Oh, is this like a mermaid situation? Yeah. Oh, okay. Uh, Welcome, Kim, to the Amazing Astro Detectives show. Hello. Thank you. Good to be here. Sorry about that. No problem at all. We, um, we It allows us more time for chit-chat. If we, we like to do an extra long introduction and then we get into a fight about astrology, whether it's real or not. And then we say, whoa, 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 whoa. Let's just let the, the episode speak for itself. 
All right. Well, the chips <laughs> fall where they may. All right. Yeah. <laughs> and you know you're an integral part of that, right? You kind of know how the show works? Yes. Yes. Okay, good. We we appreciate the uh, the survey, which was very helpful to Sarah. She's almost ready to make a guess now. And I will disclose that I have met you, Kim, I believe a couple of times, but uh, at, at like parties and things. Yeah, I think uh, last 4th of July, I think, was the maybe the last one at, at Scott's place. Yeah, yeah, something like that. So, yeah, um, yeah I'm, thank you so much for coming on the program and sharing your chart with us. And I yeah, couldn't remember. I'm, I'm very interested to see how this all plays out. <laughs> um, and I couldn't remember if you had revealed your sun sign to Sarah. So she has two charts, both of which are a sun Capricorn. She does not know when you were born, but she there's your birth date, and then there's one that also falls within a sun Capricorn. These two charts are what she's looking at. Okay. Because uh, I feel like in those discussions at one point, it might have been like, eh, what are you? What are you? But Sarah, you don't remember anything about his actual birthday, correct? Um... No, I mean, it's probably good that you did that. I do kind of remember Susan mentioning it one time, but I couldn't remember if it was Capricorn or Taurus or something like that. So it's probably good that we did this. Excellent. (laughs) Sometimes I use an abundance of caution, but it does make it harder for Sarah because she's got two Capricorns charts that she's looking at. My my memory is not great except when it comes to astrology. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> but the moons are in different places. It's yeah. got different rising signs, all of that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, uh, Kim, can you start off by telling us a little bit just about yourself personality-wise, who you are? How would you uh, describe yourself to the world? Keywords for the serious Seagoats character. Serious, obviously. Stoic. Practical. Helpful. Honest. Perfectionist. Resourceful. Answers may be modest, detailed, and logical. Keywords for the compassionate Capricorn's character. Gentle, wise, enigma, dreamy, risky, optimistic. Answers may be energetic and jovial. Gotcha. Um, um, well, I'm a Capricorn. <laughs> God damn. <laughs> well, I'm a Capricorn. So, yeah, My moon I, is here. My rising sign is here. Yeah. I, I, I will preface it with I know nothing about astrology. Like when I was a kid and like the Saturday paper, like I'd you know, read the funny papers and then like look at your horoscope kind of thing. But otherwise, like I know I, Capricorn is what the ram. So I don't know if uh, and I don't even know if if that means like, oh, like you know, kind of butting heads or whatever, but, um, you're the seagoat, the seagoat. Is that what he said? I didn't know either. I, this is the first time I've heard that a Capricorn is a seagoat. Yeah. Ram is the Aries. Oh, okay. Seagoat. All right. Mm-hmm. That's, that's a new one on me. All right. It, it's a mergoat. A mergoat. <laughs> <laughs> but half goat, half. Uh, anyway, um, yeah, uh, I think uh, relatively uh, easygoing. Um, uh, I think generally uh, quiet if you don't know me. Um, but uh, yeah, I'm, I'm not the shine a light on me. I'm going to hold court while, hey, everyone gather around. You know, I'm going to tell a story, everyone. Like, I'm not really that way, um, but a good sense of humor. Um, 
empath. Uh, I like to think the, the best of people until they prove me otherwise. I like to, um, I like to, to try to understand other people's points of view. I like to try to, um, uh, 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 I like to try to not not predict, but um, like be in someone else's shoes, like anticipate is, is, is better the word uh, when I'm when I'm dealing with people either in general or for work. Um, uh, let's see. Uh, I like uh, I like cooking. I like music. I played sports uh, as a youngster. Um, so I like uh, athletic activities as well. Um, so I don't know. Is, is that a, is that enough for at least the time being? OK, we Sarah, we good. Yeah, sure. All right. It's a good, good introduction. Yeah, right. I think so. You're like, I'm funny. I was like, Kim, we'll be the judge of that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think I say I have a sense of humor. I don't know if, uh, yeah, if I'm, I'm necessarily well, funny. Well, all, all Capricorns are, well, I won't say all, but most Cap- Capricorn is associated with a really good sense of humor, dry wit, very clever. All right. I think, yeah, I think that tracks, um, yeah, dry wit, uh, sarcastic. Um, I'm yeah. feeling I'm pretty, uh, pretty quick, uh, on my feet as well. I think pretty, pretty quick thinking in terms of like riffing with things or rolling with it or wordplay or that sort of thing. So. Okay, great. All right. Now I'm worried. Right. <laughs> All right. Does any of that play into your work and career? How would you describe, um, that side of things? Keywords for the Serious Seagoat's work and career. Politics, athletics, acting, communication, children. Keywords for the Compassionate Capricorn's work and career. Medical, compassion, wisdom, travel, education. Yeah, I think, uh, I think, like I said, a lot of the, the anticipatory stuff plays into it. So I've been in um, project management field for 15-ish years or so. Uh, so I work in, uh, I work in tech. Um, so uh, for agencies that uh, build, you know, websites, uh, mobile apps, marketing, advertising, that sort of thing. So that's the, the, the world that I've been in. So it's very, uh, you know, my sort of my, my function, uh, is to get things done, um, in a, in an orderly way. Um, so while I have, you know, kind of, I guess in my personal life, sort of, uh, again, sort of the, the sense of humor or the music, or, you know, it's kind of the more creative, uh, bent, uh, the, the, the job function that I have is very sort of, you know, spreadsheets and, uh, uh tasks and making sure that everyone is kind of getting their stuff done. Um, that sort of thing. So it's kind of the, and I don't remember left brain, right brain, which one it is. Um, but, uh, but yeah. Hmm. Sarah, can I make an, a note that I'm looking at these, you know, words that sort of describe these two there is from either category for me personally, and I'm glad that it's working for you. I'm not seeing anything from either one of these characteristics is one. Are you seeing some words jump out at you? Yes. Well, see, keep in mind, um, I could probably come up with 50 keywords and we just don't have time for that. And so tech and tasks and things like that might fall into the serious seagoat. All right. Um, so the rest <laughs> so, of the, the non-astrology crowd, we're working with a limited vocabulary. Yes. Yeah. And and which, just, that's just, listen, if you wanted me to come up with 50 keywords, I could, but I was just saying, I'm trying to keep things simple. That'll be for the Patreon. 
<laughs> we'll make a, a two-hour special with all 50 keywords um, for the paying members. But yeah. guys, you're just, you're just getting yeah, the free that, pod. That would be for your, your Patreon crowd. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Speaking of money, Kim, uh, what kind of things jump to mind when you're in the category of money? How do you handle it? How do you like making it? What do you like to do with it? Keywords for the serious seagoats money. Careful, resilient, balanced, and serious. Keywords for the compassionate Capricorn's money. Impulsive, extravagant, impractical, splurge, generous. Um, uh, it, it seems to, to go out as fast as it comes in. Um, uh, I, I do research before I, I spend money on, on big things. Like, uh, in general, I'd say impulse control is not my strongest suit. So that can also, um, that can also factor into, into financial, but usually on small things. Like I don't like go out and just blow money on big ticket items. I'll, I'm very well researched. Uh, it was like, Oh, let me look at reviews. Let me like kind of compare side by side. So I'll do that. Uh, as far as like I said, if I'm, if I'm, you know, spending money, I don't know, I'm, I'm a couch or I don't know, whatever, uh, or any sort of electronics or something like that. So, um, but, um, yeah, uh, I, I, I like, sure. I like having money. I like spending it on other people. Um, uh, so yeah, I like, I, I like to, you know, whenever possible, uh, you know, pick up the check if I can, uh, again, Scott, I'll let you be the judge of that. Um, <laughs> uh, <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, I mean, uh, and yeah, in terms of, in terms of money, I, I wouldn't say, um, yeah, I wouldn't say I blow it, but I also wouldn't say that I'm, uh, I'm, I'm not necessarily frugal either. I try to save, um, but you know, uh, my retirement fund is not bursting at the seams uh, at the moment, but it would does. You, would you say you've had buyer's remorse uh, quite a few times? Like, why did I buy this? I would say no. Okay. Because, no, like I said, if 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 I'm if I kind of blow some money on something, it's generally not going to be like a high ticket item. Um, so if it's, you know, if I'm going to spend, you know, even four figures on something, I'm going to do some research and feel confident in it as opposed to the hell was I thinking, you know, it might, you know, it might be like, you know, a pair of, you know, sneakers or something. It's like, well, I didn't need this. What the hell? You know, it's like, but it's like, you know, maybe a hundred, 150 bucks or something like that. So, um, so yeah, I wouldn't necessarily say buyer's remorse. Cause like I said, if, if it's something that I'm, that I'm investing in, then I'm going to do the research beforehand. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. Well researched. And if you're going to be impulsive, it's going to be on a low ticket item. Probably. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Right. Like low, low ticket item or, Hey, we didn't need those extra couple appetizers or, you know, I, you know, didn't need that extra round of drinks or something. So if it's frivolous, it might be more in that vein. Yeah. Cause well, if it's on a big ticket item, then that can spark some conversations at home on impulsive spending. And that leads us perfectly into our next category. Ooh, okay. Good <laughs> Marriage and romantic partnerships. Yes. Um, words that describe it was sort of like, how do you describe, um, I guess, who you look for, how it goes? Um, uh, it's hard to sort of like prime you for an open-ended question, but basically the question is just start talking about that category. 
<laughs> whatever, uh, whatever you're comfortable sharing. Yeah. yeah. Keywords for the Serious Seagoats Romantic Partnerships. Romantic, empathetic, emotional, creative, flexible. Keywords for the Compassionate Capricorns Romantic Partnerships. Practical, analytical, detail-oriented, organized, social, ambitious. I I have no problems, uh, no hang-ups talking about things. Um, I will say that as far as romantical partners in a carnal way, probably fewer than 10, certainly fewer than 15. So not, uh, was not necessarily a big, like confident ladies, man, um, you know, not the sort of person who would just kind of like go up to a girl and start, you know, just start chatting. Uh, don't, you know, probably a self-confidence issue, like fear of rejection issue there. So, um, but, uh, yeah, I do, um, I do appreciate, uh, the female form, um, a, a bit. Um, I, I am a, <laughs> which, which maybe leads me into a good, I, I am a divorced man. Uh, but, uh, but I've been in a, in a long-term relationship for the last three plus, uh, years. Um, so I think, you know, the sort of person, I mean, uh, Susan, who you guys know, uh, you know, I, I think is sort of, um, sort of like kind of hits the, the, the notes of, of what I'm looking for. Someone who also shares a sense of humor, someone who, um, is someone who's energetic and, you know, wants to go out and do things. I think she's also a great compliment of being more outgoing where, like I said, I might be more reticent. Um, so it's a, a good compliment there of like, kind of can open, open the door and then I can slide in, but I'm not, again, I'm not going to be the one to bust open and be like, Hey everyone, how's it going? Um, but, uh, <laughs> But yeah, so I think you know, I I, uh, I I look for someone kind with a with a good personality more so than just straight up looks. Um, you know, kind of you know, sort of the, the the beauty is within sort of thing where someone can be pretty, but that doesn't make them a beautiful person. Um, so it's it's someone not all beautiful about inside it's and out, inside and out. There you exactly. go. Exactly. Exactly. <clears throat> So good, good balance between the two. Um, I don't know. Is there an aspect of this uh, of this subject that? Yeah, it's, well, it's mainly what you look for in a in romantic partnerships, and that was a good description. Of, well, Sarah, you want to jump in? Yeah, I was going to say, are you comfortable sharing like what drew you to um, your first marriage? Like what aspects of that person that drew you? Uh, yeah, a very uh, she was very just kind, down to earth, easy to, easy to talk with, uh, person, um, you know, also, I, I, you know, I was, uh, attracted to her. I think she'd probably be more classified cute than classically beautiful. Um, but like, like, you know, but a, a very attractive woman, but yeah, I would say, um, very kind I, on our first, uh, so we met online in the early days this was like 2002, Oh, nice. Uh, what so, what sites were there in 2002? We can reminisce yeah, yeah, what exactly. online dating was before My you could just, just swiping on people. Yeah, way back. I think it was really uh, like primarily Match, I think. 
I think she was in Match. I um, entered it through the the old um, online magazine Salon.com. Um, That's still a magazine, right? I didn't it? know they used to do dating. Sometimes I'll see an article, like a political article, at I feel like it's Salon.com. Salon, that's still a thing? All right. Well, anyway, so I went through that, but apparently it was the same database in the end. But um, so we met. All roads lead to the same people. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um so, um, so again, kind of speaking to the, like, I'm not just going to approach someone in a bar and, and, you know, just kind of strike up a conversation or anything, but, um, but yeah, our first, uh, our first date, we, uh, our first in-person meeting, I should say, uh, we went to a, a bar and there was a DJ playing, he was playing like old, uh, um, like sixties soul music, which is, you know, kind of right up my alley, but, um, but she was like kind of jamming on and there was like a certain song where we were both like oh oh you like that song too so i think there was there was that uh kind of shared in common um so yeah i mean i think those were those were some of the things and you know frankly i think at the time i was uh, mid 30s i'll just say that uh mid 30s so i think it was also a matter of like all right i got to find somebody or else you know let's I'm settle gonna, this thing down what what's yeah what's what's a male spinster um <laughs> you know a, a hermit i don't think we can <laughs> I, don't I don't think we can say it on this podcast because we're a family podcast are we but there's a word for that <laughs> Fair enough. I'll, I'll take the answer off the air <laughs> well i was started to be called that <laughs> um yeah i think i think those were the same you know some of the things just you know the the, the ease of speaking with someone the the a comfort level where i don't feel like i need to be uh, on or uh, a performance version of myself where I can just kind of feel natural. So I think those were, those were a couple of things that were, uh, part of the initial attraction. Can I ask one more question? What was her profession? At the time she was an office manager. I forget what the, what the organization was okay. uh, at the time she was an office manager and uh, is now in, uh, now in HR. Okay, great. Thank you. I thought you were going to say, well, it never came up. We never. (laughs) (laughs) Oddly enough, I don't know. (laughs) If it wasn't in the profile, I didn't know it. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it wasn't wasn't in there. Um, Can you talk a little bit about family life, um, specifically your mom and what, like, kind of describe her a little bit? Keywords for the Serious Seagoats family life. Mother, loyal, creative, expressive, spiritual, possibly absent or past. Keywords for the Compassionate Capricorn's family life. Mother, intense bond, smothering, turbulent, manipulation. Uh, Yeah, my mom is uh, very organized. Um, I think in her latter years more so than I remember growing up, but, um, but yeah, like I remember, you know, my mom would, uh, like, like growing up is the thing of, all right, I'm, I'm here are three hampers, one for jeans, one for whites, one for colors kind of thing. Not, and she said afterwards, like, I didn't think you guys would do it, but we did. And it was like, Oh, hey, thank you very much. But now she's to the, to the level of like, if you go in her basement and she has like, like a, a big plastic shelving with, with all matching bins, each bin has a number and then there's like her catalog legend that she'll look in and is like, all right, bin number one. Okay. That's, 
I don't know, Kim's old artwork from Element. I don't even know if she still has that. But it, it might be like, all right, these are like papers and mementos. And in box two is this. So uh, had that. I remember growing up uh, with the, the VHS tapes, same thing. There'd be an, uh, a number one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, and then a legend of uh, of, of. Oh, I forgot. I'm sorry. All good, buddy. Sorry, it's all good. <laughs> that's that's my that was my son Jack. All right, um, but um, but again, and there'd be an okay tape number one is X, Y, or Z. So so very organized. Um, I, I share uh, I share a similar sense of humor with with my mom, um, and uh, and probably more music as well. I think I spent. Growing up, I think I spent more time with my mother because uh, I have an older brother um, and uh, who who's uh, very into, also very into sports. Growing up, uh, so better better than I was, uh, and my dad was very um, uh, very involved with youth athletics in our hometown. So there'd be a lot of times where uh, you know I was too young to to join uh, organized sports or whatever. So dad would be with my brother doing whatever, and then I'd be at, at home with mom. So. Uh, so I'm like, I think that's where I, I got more of like the cooking skills that I, that I have that my brother doesn't. Cause you know, it was more like hanging out in the kitchen, maybe with my mom or my grandmother, uh, that kind of thing. So, um, but, uh, but yeah, uh, she's the, very organized. She's the eldest of nine. Um, let's see what else. Um, she, uh, the, her job as I, the job that I remember her having that she worked at for 20 plus years was she was uh, a director of, uh, of a daycare center in, uh, in our small town, upstate New York. Uh, so she did that. So she was, you know, uh, office, uh, you know, office administrative work, uh, for, uh, for the daycare center operations, I guess, if, if you will. So mm-hmm. kind of got that from her, uh, as well. Um, what, so, can I yeah. ask, um, what can you describe your relationship with her? Are you close to her? Like, you know, uh, yeah, very, you yeah, get along? Very, yeah. Always had a, a great relationship with, with both my parents, but, um, but yeah, a uh, really good relationship with my mom. Um, we, we talk once a week or we'll send each other text messages of just like, Oh, Hey, saw this, whatever trailer of this movie thought you might like it kind of thing. Um, uh, yeah, we're both, both into food. So we'll, you know, like Mother's Day or whatever, or, or her birthday, I'll send her like a gold belly gift or something like that. You know, the kind of hit the uh, hit the hit the food button there. But um, but yeah, great relationship. Um, you know, very growing up, very supportive uh, mom, very supportive uh, parents in general. But um, like senior year of high school, as, as the the lead in the musical, uh, and my mom signed on to be like the the prop master for that uh, as well so again just kind of getting involved and, and being supportive uh, with with stuff as well um you know, did through... you say you were the lead in a musical yeah a senior year of high school yeah oh well that's important information oh, is it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. we never know what's going to jump out <laughs> mm-hmm. i mean that just i'm i'm feeling really uh good about this one Ooh. So I, I know you'd like to hear that, Scott. <laughs> I do. I like I like the the decision to be confident because if it's wishy washy, I'm like, well, that's I'm fifty fifty either way too. So that doesn't prove anything if we're all fifty fifty. <laughs> well, I, I would say even even if all the keyword, you know, like I said, I could only write five keywords or so for each category, but uh, I I may have not picked the right keywords, but I'm thinking of other keywords that 
that fit it. So, all right, um, listeners, disregard the case files. <laughs> it's missing a lot of keywords. <laughs> no. <laughs> um, but I think so, some of them actually, you did say a couple when we were talking about money that um, I felt you really hit on. Um, one question about your mom. Did you ever, would you ever say that, uh, maybe even in a nice, well-intentioned way that she was kind of smothering or just very attentive? Hmm. We're here to stir drama on this <laughs> podcast. Uh, let's see. It's part family therapy. Um, I wouldn't. I don't think so. Yeah, don't don't let us twist your arm. Yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't, <laughs> I don't think so. Like, I'm trying to like, I'm, I'm thinking back. I'm like, I wouldn't characterize this as like smothering or like helicopter parenting mm-hmm. or anything okay. like that. So yeah, and uh, I wouldn't say so. So like, maybe, if, maybe just did a really intense bond, would you say? Yeah, I mean, probably more that. Like I said, you know, I think it was it was kind of especially growing up more of a, I don't say more of a bond between my, my older brother and my father. But again, they were, um, uh, you know, like when my dad was like running the like over 40 men's basketball league in our hometown, like my brother would, would, it was like twice a week, my brother would go and he'd be keeping score. So while they were doing that, like I was at home with mom, you know, okay. so as an example, like that sort of thing. So, um, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And can you talk a little bit about your dad? You did mention the relationship as being good, you know, similar. Mm-hmm. I mean, but just a, a few words about him. Keywords for the serious Seagoat's family life. Father, harsh, distant, controlling. Keywords for the compassionate Capricorn's family life. Father, social, successful, critical, strict, very significant impact. Uh, yeah, uh, a hard worker. Um, yeah, he worked for, um, the New York state, uh, throughway authority. It's like the main, well, it's not a freeway, but the, the main kind of thoroughfare that connects, uh, Buffalo to Albany and Albany, New York city, but he worked for them for like 35 years. So, um, uh, hard worker, uh, was, you know, very kind of regimented in terms of his schedule. Like, every day for where he'd be awake at five forty-five, and he'd be home at like four 30. Like you could bank on it, that kind of thing. Um, but, uh, yeah, like I said, uh, also, uh, very athletic, like multi-sport athlete in high school. And then like I said, kind of, you know, took that over for the, uh, for the youth bureau, um, that, that ran all the, the youth athletics in our hometown. So it was very involved with that with, uh, basketball, football, soccer, baseball, um, so yeah, so he was, he was, uh, involved, uh, you know, and then golf, uh, later on, but, but yeah, also, uh, also supportive, um, don't have the same sense of humor. He's got, I feel like less of a, know, less of a sense of humor, but, um, but he was more like, uh, more the guy who will like come in and just strike up a conversation with anybody. Does, doesn't matter who, doesn't matter what. It's like, hey, going down to Subway to get a sub, and then I'll just start talking to the person about what you know, whatever it is. Like not just like, oh, hey, how's it going? It's like, yeah, this guy just wants to make a sandwich. He doesn't really want to get. <laughs> um, so that that kind of thing, like very you know, very open. Um, uh, so yeah, I'm I kind of again more more like my mother as far as like the. Uh, you know, it's sort of like, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll get involved, but I'm not going to like go 
just talk to strangers about the weather because you know what what are you talking about um but yeah but very very outgoing very um stand-up guy um kind of very what you see is what you get um not you know not full of crap he's you know on on the level with things neither one of them were like harsh parents um like i didn't get you know smacked or spanked uh anything like that um you know, as, as much as I maybe could have used it or was asking for it at times. But, uh, but no, I mean, I think, you know, growing up in many ways, you know, it was small town um, living, everybody knows everybody. You know, I think in some ways idyllic in that it was, you know, safe. There, there weren't things that I was worried about. There wasn't, you know, kind of like solid, you know, lower to middle, middle class upbringing. Okay, great. Um, On the overall childhood experience, is that kind of the same thing? If you were speaking to that, um, if that's kind of like mom and dad, uh, if you were to kind of describe childhood experience in general, kind of along those same lines. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not certain. I didn't follow. Sorry. He he's trying to segue into the next question. Can you tell us about your childhood experience? <laughs> yeah. Well, I know you. Well, you were saying a lot of things that basically described your childhood experience. Okay. Um, is anything else you want to add specifically to that? Unrelated. Doesn't have to be related to parents, but just your experience. Keywords for the serious seagoat's childhood experience: structured environment, responsible, chores, humble, focus on intelligence. Keywords for the compassionate Capricorn's childhood experience. Nurturing environment, imaginative, artistic, daydreaming, sensitive, music. Gotcha. Okay. Um, yeah, I mean, I it was, uh, you know, a child of the, uh, you know, growing up in the, in the 80s, um, I would spend, you know, I think it was like, seven when MTV debuted. So early on, like summers would be a lot of like watching, you know, watching MTV or listening to to the music that my older, you know, mixtapes that, that my older brother would trade with, with his friends and stuff. So I had kind of a sort of, you know, an appreciation for music that was, you know, kind of older than my, than my age level. He's like five, five, six years older than I am. Um, but, you know, I think it was kind of in, in some way, you know, <laughs> like whenever you see the the like the the uh the older person memes uh you know like oh if you did this this and this then you're a child of the 80s like it's very much that like oh if you rode your bike to your friend's house and laid it in their front yard and then all you had to do was make sure you were home by dinner time and your parents didn't know where you were like it was that sort of thing you know it was like throw your, throw your baseball glove on your handlebars and go ride to the park and then, you know, go play catch with, with kids and that sort of thing. Um, again, my, my mom was, was one of nine and they all lived in the, the same hometown. So there were a lot of like family get togethers. So I remember that as part of my childhood, like cookouts and lots of family around. Um, um, but yeah, like I said, I think, you know, it was, it was small town living. I was, I feel I feel like a frame of reference is well. How, how big was your graduating class? So mine was like 145 people. For what that's worth, there was one one high school in my hometown, um, that kind of stuff. But yeah, I didn't didn't want for anything. Felt safe. Had a 
you know, sort of just happy, blissful childhood. And then by the time I was in high school, couldn't wait to get out of my hometown. I am moving out. I'm never coming back. This place is dead. There's nothing to do here. So I feel like it's a good place to, it was a good place to grow up. Then it's a little off the rails and a little methy these days. Um, But I think at the time was a, a good place to grow up, but I couldn't imagine being like a young adult there. You know what I mean? They're like there, there's not much there for you. Great. Um, I have a follow-up question for you. So, uh, would you say, were you, did you feel like you were a sensitive child? Sensitive child. I, I think so. I, I would say, I would say, I would say yes. Like in the sense that, well, Sensitive in that, again, with with an older brother that was very good at sports, for a lot of people, I was my brother's little brother. I wasn't Kim. I was so it took a little bit to forge my own identity of like, oh, you're just Kim as opposed to, hey, you're Paul's son or you're Craig's brother. Because, again, everybody knows everybody. So I think there was a little bit of sensitivity to to that. Um, certainly, I don't want to say that my older brother was a bully, but he was an older brother. Um, and I couldn't really give as good as I got. So there might be a matter of turning around and giving that to my classmates, which I I think about from time to time. And I feel awful of like, oh, man, I was a real dick. Um, so uh, so, yeah. So if if I ever have to go through the 12 steps, there will be a lot of making amends uh, to uh, <laughs> to my uh, uh fellow students. Uh, but again, not in a bully, not in a physical way, but just more of in a verbal cut down kind of way. So I don't know if that's where kind of the, the kind of quick thinking on your, on your feet and sarcasm kind of was honed, uh, was, was through those days. So I think, I think I was, you know, sensitive to that. I think there were, I think I had, I, I, I don't say I was a fearful child, but maybe in, in some senses, risk averse. Um, I, I, I'm, I'm struggling to, to, to find an example, like, uh, maybe like scared to get in trouble, not necessarily scared to take chances, but right. you know, I was relatively a good kid. You know, I wasn't a troublemaker. I wasn't, you know, smoking cigarettes at age 11 or anything, you know, like causing, you know, drinking forties behind the, you know, the shopping center or anything like that. But um, but yeah, so I think, you know, sen- sensitive in, in the sense of, you, you know, kind of like cautious, maybe a little, again, not, not fearful is not the right word, but, uh, hesitant, maybe, um, maybe a little, uh, anxious, but, you know, trying to, trying to hide all that behind the, the bravado of, you know, trying to, um, trying to, I guess, live up to the, the family nickname. My father, my brother, and I all had the same all had the same nickname uh in well uh, now we got to know howie <laughs> oh really howie? howie yeah yeah so wait when you're together how do you know who's calling who howie um none of us call each other that um so i i call my dad dad uh my brother calls my dad paul and has for years um so yeah calls calls him by his first name as opposed to uh you know the 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 uh, familial label uh, as, as the patriarch and matriarch 
Um, but I could see it being confusing if you guys are all hanging out and somebody says, hey, Howie, get in here and get a plate. And you're all just like, <laughs> that is the most inconvenient nickname. Or it's just inconvenient that you gave us all the same one or that yeah. we all have the yeah, same or one. If we were, uh, yeah, if we were... You know, somewhere out and about, or like you know, at a dad's softball tournament, or my brother's, you know, uh, you know, basketball game, or whatever, and someone, hey, Howie, and yeah, all three of us would turn and look. So, and, it, and it's really and like every, you know, after I graduated, you know, I did not carry that nickname with me at all. Like I wasn't, you know, freshman year of college. Hey, what's your nickname? Hey, you can call me Howie. But it's weird when I go back or talk with a friend from high school, and they'll call me that, and it's like it's kind of like a smack in the face, not a smack in the face in a bad way, but it's like, Oh, I, I'm not used to that anymore. But yeah. Yeah. Sarah, we, we good on that one. Yeah. Right. Um, la- well, okay. One more quick question. Are you prone <laughs> to daydreaming or have you ever been? Yes, I would say, yeah, I'm very, very thoughtful, very imaginative. I like play things out in my brain. I don't think it's necessarily like uh, I'm in the midst of something and then just sort of like off over, you know, off over here where someone's like, hey, Kim, Kim, we're over here. Um, But I mean, I think I am very, uh, yeah, very imaginative or play things through uh, in in my mind. Okay, great. Thank you. And we're down to the last category, and that is challenges. Uh, what are things you found challenging over life or categories that you, you don't have to get too specific, but it's just like, what areas of life have you found challenging? Keywords for the Serious Seagoats challenges. Friendships, groups, social situations, difficulty with emotional vulnerability. Keywords for the Compassionate Capricorns challenges. Taking on unnecessary responsibilities, lack of boundaries, home and family. Yeah, I would say, you know, kind of maybe starting in college, maybe like starting after I left my hometown, um, just sort of uh, confidence with, with certain like self-confidence in things um, as I... Professionally, as I started to move up into like higher uh, higher levels, or, or getting promoted, or starting to get into management and that sort of thing, I had um, what 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 sent me to my uh, what sent me to therapy. There was just a, a, like a wicked case of imposter syndrome of just like I have no idea what I'm doing. At a certain point, I'm going to get exposed for it, and they're going to realize why did we promote this guy? Well, who who is it? And it was like. <laughs> I wouldn't say crippling, but it was like key, certain things keeping me awake at night. Like almost like, I don't know if I want this promotion. Cause I don't know. Like, I don't know what I'm doing. I can't do that. What? So I'd say um, a little bit of that professionally, um, which I guess, you know, could go back to the self-confidence thing. And maybe that's, um, you know, kind of the through line as far as, um, you know, as far as like relationships or talking with someone new or meeting someone new in a romantic sense. Again, maybe it's just like the confidence wasn't there. Like I'm confident. Yeah. Oh, I was just going to ask. I'm trying to figure out where that stems from. Do you have insight? Is it from feeling like you were in your brother's shadow? Maybe. I mean that that could be that could be part of it. I think also, uh, like through grade school, through junior high, and you know through most of high school, I think things came relatively easy for me. Um, in, in terms of like, in terms of schooling or in terms of like, I feel like I was, 
maybe a jack of all trades, master of none, but I feel like I was good at a lot of stuff. Like I, you know, I was, cause I was very curious. So I'd get into things. So I, I, I tinker with stuff and build things. So mechanically I, I could figure things out or, you know, schooling. Sure. But then after a while, like my mom would tell the story that, you know, sometimes I was a latchkey kid. So I'd come home uh, and I'd be alone for like an hour and a half or so after school. And sometimes I'd just make myself a batch of cookies, like even in grade school or, or something like that. My mom would be like, yeah, I never know. Sometimes I come home, there's fresh baked cookies. So I, I'd figure things out for myself. Um, I feel like there's, you know, certainly um, an independence streak there. I don't like to, I don't like to owe people money. I don't like to owe people favors. Um, like I, I'm, I can be kind of stubborn and be like, I can do this. I should be able to do this. Uh, and can kind of get down on myself if I fail at things. So, um, so I think uh, in college was you know kind of where I might have had like what I would consider my first big failure. Um, I was uh, in part of what what I was uh, I was going to school in Massachusetts uh, as a finance major, um, and. Uh, I was there partially on an academic scholarship, but I, and I didn't keep the, it was like a three, five, I think I needed to keep or a three, three or something. And I didn't keep that in my freshman year and I lost the, lost the scholarship. So I feel like that was kind of my big, this is a failure that I don't know, quote unquote means something like this is, you know, wow, this is a, a big miss. You're not going to uh, bake I mean, your I mean, way I mean, out of this one. What's that? You're not going to bake your way out of this one, yeah, Howie. Ex- yeah, exactly. There's no, there's no amount of batches of cookies that are going to make up for the thousands of dollars <laughs> or whatever. And it wasn't like a full ride or anything, but it was significant. Um, so I ended up, and I don't know if it was an idea of, of like, oh, I need to make amends or what, or if it rattled me, but I ended up transferring away from that school. Not, I mean, I had a three something, but it wasn't a three enough. Um, and transferring away. And, and part of it was like, oh, you know, I take a, you know, uh, less of a financial hit for my parents. I ended up getting out of business anyway, but, um, but yeah, so it was kind of like a weird, this is my first big, I, I, I didn't do well enough kind of moment. Do you remember exactly what age you were when, um, that scholarship fell through? We're looking at transits now, I can tell. Well, it's actually, I'm looking at perfection years. Oh, okay. Uh, you were 19? I think so, yeah. Yeah. So I was older, like I was on the older side. For where my birthday fell, I was on the older side of my class. I was 18 when I graduated high school, so yeah, probably 19. Okay. Because it would have been officially fallen through second semester freshman year, so yeah. Okay. And that happened very suddenly? Uh, I mean, it's, it's a GPA. So, I mean, it's a culmination. So I can't say it happened very suddenly, but like, you know, my parents were very like, all right, well, no, no problem. You know, we will, we'll, we'll, you know, we'll figure out a way to keep you there. It's like, nah, I should, I should leave. And, um, also, I mean, maybe this is part of it as well. Um, I was pledging a fraternity second semester freshman year and I dropped out of that as well. Like I was, I think I went four out of the six weeks. So it's like, at the time, two more weeks felt like a big thing, but then I was like, ah, I'm not coming back here anyway. Like what, why should I bother finishing this off? So, so, so I dropped out of that. Uh, and then, uh, yeah. And then transferred away. So it was kind of a, I don't know, I guess in a big way, I guess I'm just taking my ball and going home. Well, and you were missing the, uh, probably worst or best part of uh fraternity initiation. Like, isn't it at the end where you get hazed and you end up like in the basement in your underwear getting, stuff yeah, dumped hell, on hell you. Week. Yeah. The yeah. I would have, I would have left you. before then too. Yeah. 
Did you see that coming up? Was it that type of a fraternity? I mean, it would have been, but it wasn't like a bunch of meatheads. Like it okay. was the it, it was the guys is the people who go you know go see fish and that kind of stuff. It was in um, Waltham, Massachusetts. So was, all right, those was, guys aren't going to rough you up too bad in the Northeast. Yeah, exactly. They're exactly. just going like, to chill, man. They're going to say, "Hey, here's your initiation. We're going to step out back and have a doobie." Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Or it's just like here, you got to drink this six pack or something. But it would have it wouldn't have been like physical like i would have been in physical fear for my well-being uh or anything like that so yeah i and it, it's sort of a thing yeah like why not what was i afraid of but in the, like i said i think it was a convenient excuse oh, i'm leaving next year and then i don't have to go through this but um but yeah so i think i, I think it was sort of a i've always wondered kind of like how i handled all of that stuff because it seemed like yeah i just kind of like i don't know curled up in a ball and just left uh, in a sense. So, so I don't know if that was, you know, again, my reaction to the, like, Oh, this first big failure in life kind of thing. Um, again, that, that, uh, uh, that seemed that like that it was of consequence anyway. Gotcha. Yep. Sarah's first big failure was week one of this podcast <laughs> when she missed, she missed the charts, but she overcame that. And we're still here in week 12 and she's got a pick, I'm sure, for this. I do. I, yeah. I, I, I'm feeling good. I'm feeling good, <laughs> which well, always I, makes me nervous to say that I'm confident. Um, you're confident and competent. Yeah. <laughs> well, Sarah, I have to ask, do you have enough information to break this case? I do. I feel like I do. All yeah. right. Well, right after this commercial break, we're going to find out which one of these two, although I think we everybody knows, which one of these two characters um, Sarah's going to pick, and then which chart matches that, and whether it is actually Kim's chart. See you all back in a second. Welcome back, everybody. Uh, now, Sarah, using astrology, do you know which chart belongs to our guest? I have a pretty high confidence that I know which chart belongs to our guest. Yes. Great. <laughs> <laughs> why don't you walk us through uh, which one it is and why? All right. Well, I felt like Kim here was really lining up with the compassionate Capricorn, which is what I said at the beginning of the show based on the survey. Um, you know, I that was the one I uh, called it for before uh, knowing who the guest was. And I feel like he only further cemented my uh, feelings about that. There were a few keywords that were said that uh, reminded me, you know, made me look at the, the serious seagoat. <laughs> um, but not many, not many. I would say most everything was lining up pretty well for me with the compassionate Capricorn. I think specifically, um, like uh, anything, like what was especially a uh, dead giveaway? This is compassionate Capricorn I'm talking to. Okay. Well, um, the mentions about MTV, interest in music, um, being the lead in a musical. So music, very music oriented um, and being very imaginative. Um, those were definitely things that align with the compassionate 
Capricorn and really not so much with the serious seagoat. Um, He's way too serious to be able yeah, to yeah. get into music. And, and you know, the serious seagoat's childhood was very structured and regimented, I think, from my interpretation. And, um, but the compassionate Capricorn had a much more, you know, not a lot of, I don't know if boundaries is the right word, but you were kind of describing your childhood as like kind of being a little bit of a latchkey kid or, you know, having a lot of independence, figuring things out for yourself. I feel like that's definitely the Did you not remember the laundry bins, though? That was pretty structured. Well, that was that wasn't being imposed on him as much. She, it didn't sound like it was. When I say regimen, I mean like strict and, um, you know, really kind of maybe a little bit more of a helicopter parent or more, uh, I don't know if that's the right term. Helicopter in a nice way. No, maybe that's not what I mean, but the best intending pilot, some, some, you know, upbringings or parents can be very strict, very, you know, breathing down your neck kind of to like do your homework and um, follow all these rules and a lot of structure. And so I wasn't getting any of that uh, from Kim. It sounded like it was a lot more, I mean, he rated his childhood 10 out of 10. So that's why I feel like I got to go with the compassionate Capricorn over the serious seagoat. All right. Normally I push back a little bit and uh, play devil's advocate. But you know what? I'm, as we're discovering, I'm working with a limited vocabulary. So even if I say, you know, but the serious seagoat is careful with money. And I feel like Kim is careful with money and serious and balanced. You know, <laughs> we work in career involves communication. I feel like project management, that's a big deal. That's a serious seagoat is in those meetings, communicating, <laughs> making sure everybody's talking to each other to make sure that it gets done. Nobody at the meeting asks who let a seagoat in <laughs> and why are they leading our meeting? Okay. Well, I would say the one thing I was a little like surprised, not surprised, but just like a little confused about was the career aspect. Um, cause none of the keywords I pulled, you, so you said you're in project management and you do some tech. Is that, yeah. Hey, we can't go back to questions here. Okay. Okay. No, I'm kidding, but yeah, you can answer that. <laughs> I, I'm just trying to clarify what you said. Cause that, that is very, like, I, I don't really know what that looks like. You know, that could be a bunch of different things. So what, can you just say what types of projects? I mean, is it like, I guess tech, <laughs> When people uh, say tech, it just means there are computers involved and no, and you will not ask any more questions beyond that. Okay. And there's a website, there's a .com involved. <laughs> right? Am I right, I Kim? Just, I shall say no more. Yes. Yes. <laughs> to keep it works. vague, but yes, on target. Yes. Okay. Okay. Um, no, I mean, you can't answer if you want, but Sarah, do you have enough information? Yeah. Yeah. All right. All right. <laughs> I guess it sounds like the pick has been made, right? I yeah, mean, yeah, exactly. Yeah, I don't think anything's going to change my mind at this well, point. Well, see, so. Sarah makes the pick, and then then the real picking starts from Scott, and I just pick, 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 pick <laughs> on Sarah's pick. Mm-hmm. But it doesn't really make any difference because we're here to test astrology, not Scott's knowledge of 
astrology, dear God. <laughs> How would that show go? Thankfully so, right? <laughs> yeah, we'll have to do a role reversal one day. Yeah. Uh, Kim, do you feel like, uh, from what you've heard, you're uh, feeling the compassionate Capricorn versus the serious sea goat? Not that you have all the information either, but from what Sarah's description sounds like it kind of lines up or no, this is a total misrepresentation. No, that's that sounds on target. All right. Sarah? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what do you want? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, we good? We're done here? That's well, uh, we will only know for sure if we match mm-hmm. the compassionate Capricorn to either chart A or chart B. Oh, God. So this is where the rubber meets the road. Okay. This, is where I, my, this is where my pulse starts racing. <laughs> and the audiences, too, I hope. Kim, is oh, your God. pulse racing? I can barely contain myself. I can tell. Pins and needles. The compassionate Capricorn is, <clears throat> answers may be energetic and jovial, whereas the serious seagoat answers may be modest, detailed, and logical. I thought you were modest, detailed, and logical. I mean, I you say, ha- you're jovial. Yeah. It's or all I'd of say, the yeah, above. I mean, I would say that also describes me. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 Have I changed? Yeah, I'm not gonna. I would never be a toot your own horn kind of guy. You know, just speaking to, to the modesty part of it. And yeah, I guess you know, there's certainly logic. All right, have we convinced you, Sarah, to change yeah. your mind? No, no, no. <laughs> uh, I mean, again, yeah, I, I, I'm. I know I'm stuck with uh, the Great. compassionate Capricorn. I just like to see doubt, regardless of what your choice is. Because <laughs> my point is, it could be either one. But let's see, Sarah. The moment has arrived. The compassionate Capricorn is your choice to match Kim. Which chart? Is it, and I will then try to draw it out as long as possible and reveal whether or not you're correct or an utter failure at astrology. <laughs> and, and don't forget to press go this time because we had a little confusion last time. Hold on. Let me double check. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You make no, 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 sure no, no. you. Last time I had the right chart. I played the right effect. I knew which one it was, but what happened was I was then... I got a little ahead of myself, and I said I started reading the details of the chart, which oh, were yeah. wrong. It was looking at the other chart. Okay. Now I have everything right. correct pulled up. Sarah, is it chart A or chart B? <laughs> it's chart A. Wait. It should be playing a sound effect right now. We don't have a drum roll going? None, nobody's hearing a drum roll right now? No. Nope. <laughs> oh, <yeah. sighs> I, got it. I messed it up the first time. Are you hearing it? <laughs> is it in your headphones? Maybe you can drop it in later. <laughs> maybe maybe it's just in my head. Yeah, just fix it in post. Yeah, fix it in post. Just <laughs> tell us. Is it A or B, Scott? I'm you dying. guys, we need to know which one. <laughs> What's so oh much my God. better with it? Well, he did say he was going to, to be fair, he did say he was going to stretch it out as long as he possibly could. So I Yeah, guess I, I, I don't know about <laughs> this. It was working ahead of time. Okay, Sarah... If I have to do a sound effect with chart A being your choice, uh-huh. now I'm going to get the trombone over here. Oh, God, the backup trombone, just in case. That old rusty trombone. Womp, 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 womp. Are you serious? I don't believe you. I'm afraid that Kim's chart is chart B. He is okay. a Sun Capricorn, Moon Leo, Mercury Capricorn. 
rising Virgo, Mercury, Venus, Capricorn. (laughs) I don't know how they how they say these things in the business. Okay, Um, that doesn't make me feel great. Is it? So what what do all those things mean as far as like oh your sun and moon and blah 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 like all of this essentially means Sarah's wrong and astrology is not Uh, real. (laughs) No, it doesn't. (laughs) No, 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 no. I take too much pleasure in that moment, Um, Sarah. Now that we know that Kim is chart B, can you kind of, as we say, make it fit and Um, um, kind of. you're going to have to wait for the retrace to make it fit. Because <laughs> Sarah, Sarah has to think Analyze, about this for 24 everything. hours. And then but, but sometimes we look back at the, at the correct yeah. chart and we say, whoa, okay, he was actually like modest, detailed, and logical with his answers. Um, work and career, you know, communication, yeah. maybe that was a heavier thing to factor in. Yeah. Um, I would not say that his father was harsh, distant, and controlling, but hey, it's a 50-50. <laughs> wow. Well, I mean, then that just goes to show you I have a lot more to learn than I thought. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, I wasn't the slam dunk that you thought I was. Oh boy. It's all right, it's all right. I still I I'm just like still in disbelief. Well, but, yeah. Uh, well, Sarah will explain her results in yeah, our next retraced so. episode. Um, but Sarah, can you? S- I don't know. It's hard to tell which planet or what threw you off a little bit in this episode. Well, I mean, okay. So, first of all, they're both Capricorns. But so, one, so chart A, the one I picked, is a Pisces rising and chart B, which is apparently his chart is a Virgo rising. And those are exactly opposite on the spectrum from each other. So they do have similarities and it it's like a, a 180. It's like a mirror image of the chart. And I'm not saying, I mean, there was a lot of that mirroring thing going on where I would look and see, um, I can't think of an example off the top of my head, but um, I'll go into more detail when we do our retraced episode. But um, okay, but I guess basically you got you intimately looked at both of these charts and sort of got a real good idea of what these two people, who these two people are, and talking to Kim. Well, talking (laughs) (laughs) talking to Kim, you felt like one person, but now. Can you see Kim as the other person? I guess is my question. Not yet. Not yet. Okay, not yet. Not yet. <laughs> like I I definitely have to do some further dissection here because um I mean, I would say when just based on the survey, I remember I said I was only like 60% confident. So um I yeah, I I don't know. But I, I really felt, I did really feel it confident that it was A. So okay. I got to I gotta take that one and own it. <laughs> well, one, some wins that Sarah does want to mention that we talked about at the top of the show was she started predicting sports events. And Kim, I don't know if you've been watching the NBA playoffs. Yeah, like every game. There you go. Now... Sarah says without knowing anything about the wins and losses going into the two conference championships, she picked the Denver Nuggets and the Miami Heat. 
Now, when we recorded our episode, Denver was up 3-0, and so was Miami. And and Boston tried like heck to prove Sarah wrong and get to the championship, but they did not. Now, well, Kim, who do you pick as as somebody who's much more knowledgeable about the actual game than either Sarah or I? Who do you like to win the whole championship? Uh, I mean, I think Denver is going to win it. Uh, too many, too many weapons. Uh, Houston or Houston, uh, the Heat have, you know, put up a noble, uh, noble effort to get through uh, all the round of the playoffs. Missing one of their best players, Tyler Hero, Hero uh, rather, uh, who they may get back for Game Two or Game Three, uh, rehabbing a, a thumb, a thumb injury. I think he had surgery. Uh, the, uh, after the first game of the first round of the playoffs. So I just think Denver one Denver is just, they have, they have the better, just the better team, but two, they also have the the home court advantage of playing a mile above sea level that other, like they're used to that playing half of their games in that sort of situation. Miami is not. So I feel like because Miami is the underdog, I'd, I'd kind of rather they win, but I don't see it happening. And go ahead, Sarah. Well, I just want to say I checked my email timestamp and I made my notes on Tuesday, May 16th at 1.38 p.m. And the first game between Denver and L.A. was May 16th at 6.30 p.m. So I think that's what it looks like on the Internet. Um, if I Googled that right. That sounds Yeah. So possible. I did so even though we recorded the episode after three games, that is when I made my initial call. Call was made, yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right, yeah. all right. And Sarah is picking the heat in the championship. So I like I like hearing Kim pick the nuggets and Sarah picking the heat. So it's sort of like basketball studying the game and watching them. How much can you predict the future versus what do the stars have to say? (laughs) So it's kind of Kim versus astrology now. Well, yeah. And again, like um, I might need to look at the, the, the teams or find another way to, because I just feel like Jimmy Butler specifically is in a good spot and have going to have a good year. I, but maybe I do need to look at some other players or something about the teams um, because Nikola Jokic also having not maybe a terrible year, but uh, I'm still feeling like Jimmy Butler has the edge astrologically. You heard it here first, everybody. Interesting. Jimmy Butler has the edge astrologically. Um, before think- we let you go, uh, Sarah, with the right chart, is there anything with the right chart that you can impart on Kim um, advice-wise? If you were doing a reading and saw his chart, what would this person benefit from focusing on or knowing, leaving a reading that they can take with them? What can the serious seagoat take with them out of the room? Hmm. Great question. Yeah, that is a great question. Well, um, something I had written down was just kind of, I would say more kind of just trying to explore where the imposter syndrome comes from. I think sometimes when we can at least make the connection that can help us heal those things. And um, yeah, really like finding your 
identity and your <clears throat> creative expression. And, um, yeah, and I think the key to doing that is just kind of like being able to, um, like I'm a huge fan of therapy. I love it. Um, if I, uh, had the money for it, I'd be going several times a week, <laughs> but, um, I think that it can just be so helpful to help us, um, like trace things back and figure out, put the puzzle together and that can lead to healing. Gotcha. And, and then for us and for the audience, I'm, I've taken a lot from Kim's interview of just, you know, the, uh, focus on the, the important things in life, like baking cookies, especially, I don't know why that's going to stick with me, the little treasures. Um, but Kim, do you have anything to recommend to our audience impart any advice sometimes guests will mention shows or movies or just things activities that they find especially great that they like and uh, we're sort of building up a catalog of uh, guests recommending uh, things to our amazingly large audience um, wow. what what's important to you that you would uh, I guess recommend um, yeah I would say uh I mean, I guess it goes along with the professional and just, and like you were talking about with, with communication, but, um, yeah, big, uh, big on that talk things out, uh, as far as the, the personal or, you know, maybe in, in relationships or even in friendships, um, don't let, don't, don't leave things unsaid, talk things out. Uh, I'm very much a believer of put things on the table and just don't let things fester. Uh, and you know, don't sweep things under the carpet. It's like, ah, if we just ignore it, things will be cooled off and better tomorrow. Um, don't don't play that game. Um, it's uh, it's it's no good for anybody. So I'd say uh, honest and open uh, communication. There's nothing that um, you know. There, there's nothing to be lost there. I think there's everything to be gained. Um, but yeah, otherwise, I would say if you know, for all all you listeners out there, um, if uh, yeah, if there's if there's anything that you've been thinking about doing, dreaming about doing, if there's something that you're don't convince yourself to not do something you want to do. There's a million, uh, I think it was Jan on the office told, uh, told Pam one time, there are a million reasons to say no to things. Um, and, and that's, and that's exactly right. Life's too short. Don't regret anything. Go for it. That's great advice. I, I love, love that. it. That beats my that. interpretation of just focusing on cookies. Dang it! <laughs> <laughs> Thank and, you. So. And, bake, and don't and don't don't put walnuts in your chocolate chip cookies. Oh, uh, that's and, never a happy surprise. Yeah, don't put walnuts in your chocolate, and don't serve someone like oatmeal raisin cookies. They're gonna think it be chocolate chip. Don't just don't put raisins in cookies, guys. Yeah, I agree with that. Uh, yeah, they're they're fine as long as they're not sitting next to chocolate chip cookies. <laughs> well, yeah, exactly. If you know to avoid them altogether, yeah. but yeah, if, if, I, I'd say if I could leave this uh, this experience with one thing, it would be don't put raisins in your cookies. So, <laughs> all right, everybody, you can take that with you. Um, <laughs> You're well, <welcome>. that, <laughs> that's it, everyone. Let us know what you thought by commenting on whatever platform you follow us on. Links to our accounts are in the show notes. If you like the show and want to support it, you can visit patreon.com slash Podcast. Don't forget to subscribe on your favorite podcast app so you don't miss the next episode. Rate and review and tell your friends. And until next week, this case is closed. Closed.